Welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series created specifically for tourism operators. Talking Tourism, the expert series, is the ultimate resource for business owners who want to lift their skills to the next level. If you want to learn how to be a better tourism operator, listen on. Hello and welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series especially for tourism operators and industry professionals. I'm Tom Wooten, and I'll be your host for today's episode, coming to you from Luke Martin's penthouse suite at Pepper's Silo Hotel here in Launceston for the Tourism Conference. Talking Tourism is an initiative of Tourism Industry Council Tasmania, the peak body for tourism industry in the beautiful state of Tasmania. If you're a regular listener to Talking Tourism, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener and enjoyed today's episode, remember there are now over 80 Talking Tourism conversations available from wherever you access your podcasts, or you can simply stream them online at the TICT website, which is tict.com.au. Now, let's get into today's conversation with David Inches, the founder and lead consultant at Evolve Tourism, who is dialing in from Cairns. How are you, Dave? Good, mate. How are you, Tom? Not too bad, thanks. It's like having you here in the room with us. Uh, we just don't have your signature mask, uh, but I'm imagining it. I'm imagining you um, with that introduction about Luke's penthouse on a, a velvet shea lounge with a pipe in your mouth. That is staggering because that's exactly mm. what's happening. I thought that might be the case. There you go. <laughs> <We're in. laughs> David Inches brings 20 years experience in tourism development and marketing across all corners of Australia and New Zealand. He offers a depth of experience across the broad spectrum of advancing tourism, including research and insights, experience development and feasibility studies, destination master planning and demand testing, marketing strategies and plans, brand strategy and asset creation, and communication planning and activation. David is a compulsive traveller himself and has trekked over 28 countries. This passion for tourism and travel, his diverse business experience and tourism background enables David to immerse himself in the development of truly iconic and purposeful tourism experiences and destinations. And on top of all that, he was one of the very first people I spoke to when coming in to the tourism industry, so holds a special place in my heart. Dave, tell us about Evolve Tourism. What are you doing? Yeah, mate. Well, Evolve's pretty new for me. I mean, a lot of you might know me with Inspired by Marketing, uh, which I've had running for 14 years. And I moved into my 15th year uh, this year and thought, uh, I'm actually going to drop everything that's not tourism. So I've uh, I've been working everything from liquid fertilisers to financial planning and healthcare. And I thought, no, this is the year that I'm just going to focus 100% on what I love the most. So Evolve Tourism is a fresh brand, but um, you know what I do and how I how I go about it really hasn't changed in in, in some years. And fair to say, you're working with clients at, at all levels, uh, be they uh, larger organisations right through to mum dad operators. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm working with a family that runs a farmhouse out the back of Bothwell at the moment. Um, you know, right through, I can you know work with you know Cabri. So um, yeah, absolutely, and I really enjoy that. Uh, and I. I particularly specialise and and love the regional remote tourism. Uh, I don't really do any work in the big cities, um, you know, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, etc. Uh, I specialise in remote and regional, and uh, love getting my boots on and out in the bush and um, sampling wonderful food and meeting great people. Great. Now, your uh, presence here at the tourism conference is, of course, uh, another casualty of the border closures. You were going to be conducting a workshop today on marketing planning. What were you planning for that session? I was, I was, Tom. I'm, I'm disappointed. It's uh, <laughs> really look, really looking forward to it. 
So today's session, mate, was about good old marketing planning. It's just so important for businesses, you know, to operate to some sort of a marketing strategy and a plan with the right inputs leading to the, you know, the right planning and decisions because otherwise we're just, we're just running blind. We're always getting bombarded these days with last-minute deals and, you know, we can often react to these things without really understanding if they're the right thing to do and we sort of gives us an illusion that marketing's been done by sort of, you know, jumping on these programs but more often than not, I find we're just tearing out money. To go through that process of marketing planning from start to finish just once a year, um, it'll just give you the direction and the tools that when opportunities pass your desk, some things will be purposeful, some things will be uh, as you go, that you've actually got all the knowledge you need to make those decisions. And it actually um, helps you fall back in love with marketing because a lot of uh, operators that I meet are just, you know, obviously um, stressed out by the rigours of tourism, but also marketing, can, they can look at it as just, just a real drag. And when I take people through the process of marketing planning, they come out the other side and go, hey, I, I feel good about it. Yeah, and right. I'm engaged. And um, so as soon as you engage back in it and you invest in it, you start getting those results. So it's a really important you know, part of your marketing armour. And I understand you maybe had a couple of treats or surprises in store for today's session. Again, given that you can't be here, are you able to disclose what they were going to be? Over the initial lockdown of COVID, I'd, uh, I'd had a business plan sitting on my desk um, for 10 years. I initially presented it to James Creighton about 13 years ago when he was mentoring me then at Hobart. And it was to, you know, take my knowledge of marketing planning and turn it into an online course. And, you know, 13 years ago, it probably would have cost me, I think it was $70,000 uh, I budgeted for back then. But with technology now, you can, you know, you can really deliver these things at a, at a reasonable uh, cost investment, just the, just the time. So I spent a good three to four months uh, working up an online marketing planning course called tourismtuneup.com. And today, uh, I'm actually celebrating this month my 15 years in business as a, as a consultant. Um, and in the tourism industry, well, longer in the industry, but 15 years as a consultant. So uh, anyone attending my session today, and, and now it's anybody listening to the podcast, I'd just like to offer you Tourism Tuna um, for a whole year, which is more than more than you need to do it um, at no cost, just to, as, as one thing I can do to say thanks. Wow, fantastic. Well, we'll make sure that the details for all listeners uh, listening to this podcast at the moment to be able to access uh, that website, and that's a very generous offer of you. Um, no, that's, that's the least I can do. I'll tell you what I'd love to do as well is I actually wrote a poem that I was going to did you? read out today at the conference. Just, yeah. uh, just allow me to loosen my dressing gown and pack the pipe with a little more tobacco and uh, let's, <laughs> let's have a listen. Thank you. Fill up your whiskey too. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so a little poem to say thank you to everybody. So congratulations. Today is my day, but it's your day too. Celebrating 15 years in the business of travel and tourism, for which I say thank you. I've only been where I have and only do what I do because of great people helped me, people who are you. When I started in banking, I found myself tanking. But when the travel bug bit, my rocket was lit. I was off to great places. I was off and away. Inspired by my dad, I knew things could happen. Hats off to you, Ken. You gave me my passion. My first job at Rest Point opened eyes, opened doors, opened windows and borders and possibilities of more. With brains in my head and feet in my shoes, mentors gave me the brakes to go where I choose. Oh, the things you've made possible for me. From mountains to beaches, out back to towns, islands and forests, deserts red and dust brown. Deep caves, hot springs and hot air ballooning. How lucky I am that business kept booming. 
from lodges and hostels to six-star retreats, so many experiences it just can't be beat. By chopper, by foot, and on my own two feet, by train and by plane, I'm not one to complain. I've backed devils in Tassie and turtles on the reef, ponies on the polo field and helped penguins in grief. As my journey goes on, I'm grateful each day for all of you legends who've guided my way. 15 years of good faith and shared wonderlust. Thank you one and all for your friendship and trust. That is brilliant. <laughs> I, you, look, you've got an easy audience in me. I'm completely over-emotional anyway, uh, but poetry uh, always gets me and I don't mind telling you I've got some tingles and maybe a bit of a lump in the throat there. That's bloody beautiful, mate. Uh, it's not a bit of a nod to Dr. Seuss, of course, as, uh, as the way I constructed that. But um, I was hoping to read it out in front of everyone today, but I'll find another way of getting that out to people. Well, hopefully our listeners here uh, today uh, get a bit out of that, as I have done. Now, straight into it. Uh, mm. Why do you think, and again, you're dealing with operators all around the country, why do you think businesses, operators still don't have a marketing plan? It's about mindset, Tom, is, is sort of the place to start with most things that we don't have in our life. Um, and, you know, you can take this to far broader things in business and marketing. And it all starts with, with reasons. And we can either be propelled forward or held back by our beliefs. So I actually went to a – I've been listening to Tony Robbins for 30 years ago. I don't know whether you know, know Tony Robbins. Big but I um, strongly recommend you check him out. And uh, five years ago, I went to one of his conferences in Sydney and I uh, – Four days of, you know, 13-hour sessions and I walked on hot coals and did all those wonderful wow. things and I did it I did it again a few years ago with my fiancée, Rachel. Um, and, you know, one of the, um, the things he really focuses on, which I now apply to all of my consultancy projects, we start with reasons because unless we have compelling reasons to do anything, it just becomes a drag. It's just an anchor, you yeah. know, so... Um, you know, you walk into your laptop, you've got your arms touching the floor and your shoulders are down and you're breathing shallow and you think, oh, bloody marketing, I've got to write a marketing plan. Mm. Here I go. And, and and you've got these beliefs like, oh, I'm IT challenged and I don't have the time. And it's, so, so these things can sort of hold us back. And uh, so I, I take people and, and when you sign up to Tourism Tune-Up, you'll actually get some emails that will come out introducing you and some worksheets around this. It's It's all about identifying your reasons, you know, why you need to do things. And if I think if I think about tune-up, you know, I sort of started off, um, I had that business case there for 13 years, so why didn't it eventuate? And it's because I didn't really have the reasons. My consultancy was doing great. The only reason I had for tune-up was a bit of money at the time, you know, I get some extra cash, and I'm not really driven by that by cash like that. Um, but over COVID, uh, Rates and I sat down, and, and there, were, there were two things. And one thing I was at home thinking, my God, all these people that have supported me are in the darkest place. This is sort of, you know, the first week into COVID, and, I thought this has got to be a way I, I can help um, more than I can just consult because not everybody can work with me, whether it's through my time availability or my cost. So mm. I thought the old marketing course, I'll dust it off because if I can get that out there and put it at a very reasonable price and give it away where I can, um, I can help people at scale. So I put a lot of work into tune-up um, and that reason was really powerful. It really ignited my fire to say, let's get this done. I've got a, I've got a significant purpose to get behind this program. The other one was that Rates and I decided that we wanted to live our life um, in Port Douglas, in Hobart, and globally, you know, once things settled down. So to do that, I had to have a business that I could run anywhere in the world. Um, hence, I can't consulting, so longer term, tune-up's the answer. So I found two absolutely compelling reasons that just effortlessly drew me through the process. I mean, I, I must have spent 300 hours on it in, hmm. in the three months, and I just did it like a breeze, you know, occasionally at 
at midnight, I might pick my reasons up just to remind myself why I was doing it. Yep. And it's no, it's no different from marketing planning, mate. So if you don't really have good reasons as to why you need to do a marketing plan, and, and for some people I talk with, they say, well, you know what, I'm, I'm getting on and I want to sell the business. So unless I can lift my revenues, um, I'm really not going to be able to sell my business for the value I need to sustain the lifestyle I want. So I get people to go through an exercise to say, well, if you invest in marketing, if you increase the revenues and you sell the business for the number that's in your head, tell me what your life's going to be. And I get them to write down the lifestyle they're going to have with a lot of emotion in it and, and absolutely specific from dawn to dusk or, or a week in the life of. And I say, well, there you go. So if you invest in this marketing plan and your marketing efforts, you get a better return. That's what you're working towards. And that energizes people. Yeah. Then, I get them to, then I get them to write down, tell me what life looks like if you don't do it. And be honest with yourself. You're stuck in the business longer. You don't get the money that you want. What does that do to the lifestyle? Do you not get to visit the grandkids as often as you want? Is that dream hollowed out not going to happen? Do you not buy the boat? Does the shack disappear? Are you in financial trouble? So I get people to really unpack those reasons as to why it's important. And that's just one example of what one reason might be for investing in marketing because um, what gets most attention to us in business is I don't know if you know the Stephen Covey Seven Habits. He's got a little, a little matrix in there, and it's got urgent and important. Yep. And you've you've got urgent one side, and it's high and low. You've got important on the other square, and it's high and low. Mm -hmm. And marketing sits in important, not urgent, generally, because the work you're doing in it generally has some sort of a lead time before you see results. If you've got somebody coming into a dirty room, that's urgent, important. It can lead to a bad review. Um, an angry customer if you serve at a bad meal so there are lots of things you know getting your staffing right and your cash flows and so there are lots of things in tourism that are just urgent important there are lots of things that are urgent not important that also draw our time but you know marketing often doesn't get the attention because it's a lot you can delay the pain if you like you can almost hide it so yep. um so really important to get clear and to get emotional about why you need to invest in marketing and that's that. That is one reason. So the driver's not there. Yeah. The other reason is people don't know how to go about it. So they might find a template on a government website, which is designed for manufacturing, and yeah. um, it's not. It, it's not. It's not custom to tourism. So that's why the the planning process I put into TuneUp is a hundred percent tourism. It's all small business focused. And I've also prepared Taz Trex. This is a fictitious walking company, and I prepared the entire you know fictitious marketing strategy and plan for that business. So when you're going through the process and you've got the workbook and you listen to one of my 15-minute video coaching modules, you can have a look at what I've done for Taz Trex and go, okay, well, that's what he's asking me to do, and there's the example of it in practice. Um, so you can go through. So I think it's the motivation, and it's really just knowing knowing the how and, and also feeling supported. So um, when you've when you're doing it on your own, um, that's why I recommend you you bring people into your marketing planning process. It can be a pretty lonely place to do something you're not comfortable with or you don't you're not that familiar with on your own. So um, you know, I, I try and provide that level of support as well. That's that that is one of the most interesting answers I've ever heard to to that sort of question. You know, why have a marketing plan? That is. Uh, you know, you don't go to too many tourism forums. I wouldn't have thought where that sort of question isn't asked. But the idea of starting with the why, as Simon Sinek would say, the the yeah. you know, find your motivation. Because you did say that tourism operators would come to see you, their shoulders are slumped, uh, knuckles dragging on the floor. You can understand why that is when they're thinking we need we need revenue, uh, we need marketing because they're struggling. So turning them around by getting them to focus on um, and motivate them uh, towards a goal, I can see how that's their critical first step in, in developing a plan. 
Yeah, it really is. And, and because the, the opposite is, is what I get a lot is, can you do my, my marketing for me? I say, you are crazy to outsource mm. marketing. So, so, so the other thing a marketing plan does, and it's more than just a plan, it's marketing knowledge, if you like. So, so when you bring on a social media expert to your business, you, you must have a solid understanding of social media in your business, how it relates to your business and your priority customers to work with them. And all my, I keep them accountable is a bit hard because because everyone has good intentions, but people, um, too many businesses rely too heavily on consultants and, and marketing suppliers to do all the heavy lifting for them. And I, I see it all too often um, that the brief to the agency is very slim. It certainly doesn't have a plan directing it or a strategy or a brand strategy or anything like that. And then, you know, the agency or the social media person or the web developer They've really got no choice but just to, to to use their instincts and their experience to guide you. So it's really important that you can challenge and add value to conversations with your suppliers, that you have meetings with them every month. You've mm. got KPIs. You're, you're chewing through what worked, what didn't work, what are we going to change, how can we make this better? And when you do marketing, it's really good early is um, is to start wide and just measure, 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 measure. And every month, you know, you're just bringing that in. So after three or four months of marketing, you know exactly what works. And when you get to that, um, you've got a really efficient marketing program. Yep. The importance of measuring, hearing that said more and more, understanding what's yeah. working, what's not, not just scattergun approach. And if you don't have the motivation and the drive, it's just another drag, right? Mm. So you're not excited about it. You, it. It's just something that you just let go. So, again, if you've got the motivations and if you've got a belief that says I don't have time for marketing, if you change that belief to by not investing my time in marketing is is, is, is tearing money up every single day, mm. it is uh, it, it is costing me to release you know, the full potential of my business you know, and live the life of my dreams or whatever that is. But if, if, if you can sort of, if you can change that belief around time and your, and your commitment to marketing, and you can write a belief you don't believe. Most of them you don't, right? But mm. if you read it every day for a month, you, we, we can fool our brains into <laughs> anything. So you, you, you can truly get yourself to a point where you absolutely believe that. And then that will change your focus. And I love the saying that where focus goes, energy flows. So when you can get your focus in the right space, um, you, the energy flows, the momentum takes over and, and you're on your way. Sure. I'm, I'm actually adopting that approach at the moment with my son with eating broccoli. Um, and uh, <laughs> so far, no luck, but I'm going to keep going. Um, keep working on it. <laughs> mate, <laughs> uh, assuming that I come to you as a client uh, and I am down in the dumps and we have a chat and uh, I decide that I get my goals aligned that I want to generate revenue through marketing so that I can afford beautiful penthouse suites like this one that Luke Martin enjoys. Uh, what is the next step? Uh, I currently don't have marketing budget. What's the simple version of what, a, what my starting point on creating a marketing plan looks like? Well, for everybody listening, you, you jump on a tourism tune-up. Yep. And um, if, um, if you were paying, it'd be $95 a month, which is cheap as chips. And if, if you're listening, it's, it costs you nothing. So... So I, w- I won't really go through any other any other options. I mean, that's what I built it for. So it is absolutely the place to start. And I just simply take you through a three-module process, get ready, get set, and go. We do the mindset stuff first, and then yep. we do ready, set, and go. Get ready is all about getting in there, crunching your data, understanding your business. Um, it's all about uh, understanding where you're at now in terms of some of your key measures, whether it's revenue and um, length of stay or whether it's website visitors or um, social followings or database numbers, um, setting some goals, you know, for the next 12 months as to what you're going to achieve. 
And starting off a good old SWAT, my favorite thing in all of business, Tom, <laughs> is, is a good old SWAT. And, 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 and what you'll do is you'll get everything that's in your head down on that SWAT, you know, every strength, every weakness, every opportunity and threat, and you'll throw it down there. And as you go through the entire tune-up process, I'll introduce you to different concepts and, and inputs to work through and think about, and you go, aha, that's another strength there's an opportunity I hadn't thought of. And you just keep adding things to this SWOT as you go through the whole process. Uh, when you get to the branding, you might start talking about, understand the importance of how your staff or you as owners are in terms of adding that personal element to your business. And um, you might say, hey, maybe my guides should be doing little um, little video vlogs, you know, when they're, when they're walking. Uh, maybe it's on the wildflowers for the season or the wildlife or just why they love their job um, walking Freysenay, for example, and you just throw that in your opportunity. So as you go through, you're just constantly building this SWOT, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's on branding, whether it's on communication ideas, whether it's something you need to add to your website, it doesn't matter what it is. And by the time you get to strategy in session three, it's all there. All you do is bring out that SWOT and you ask yourself the question, so what? Yep. If that's a strength, so what? Yep. And if you can't up, if you can't come up with an action, just put a line through it. Because sure. this it's all about saying, here's an implication, here's a strength. Um, I have got uh, a chef that's, that, that, that's unbelievable, or I've got staff passionate in this, or I'm actually located in the national park and nobody else is. Or So, so whatever these strengths are that you've got to work with, um, you need to say, well, what does that mean? What am I going to do about that? What's the implication? And that is your that they are your strategies and your actions. Yep. So the, the SWATs is critically important. Correct. Yeah. So for those listening, uh, you've just heard the simple version of how to kick off a marketing plan, but of course, uh, no need to scribble notes, jump on Tourism Tune Up. Uh, again, we'll make the details available so you can do that. And thank you again to Dave for making that available for free um, because, again, uh, particularly in these times perhaps, uh, there's not a lot of people with a great deal of marketing budget uh, at their disposal. So this is a terrific opportunity. If you don't already have a plan to get in, have a good hard think about it, think about what drives you and, uh, and put one together. So... A big thanks, Dave. Before we get into uh, the fun wrap-up questions, I want to quickly ask, do you think uh, that the, the way a marketing plan is structured uh, or could be structured has changed much in this COVID context over the last 18 months? Not in terms of structure. So we need to ask ourselves the same questions that we asked before COVID. The answers will be different. So we need to explore, you know, what is different about today's traveller in a COVID world? Um, what's different about the types of of travellers in terms of their needs, you know, are we, are we getting, um, you know, more sort of more, more couples or more families or more social groups or, and, and if they're Tasmanian or if they're from different, if, if they're not, uh, they're domestic, they're not overseas, are they more aligned to, you know, certain elements of their experience? Are they more or less adventurous? Are they more into romance and privacy? But whatever it is. So you just start off by saying, who is my priority traveller? And they might be different by season. They could be different by month, by day of week. So the questions we ask around identifying who is our priority traveller, what are their buying reasons we call them, what are their purchase barriers we need to um, to stop, and then we need to say, well, if that's who we're trying to connect, what is the product that we need to connect with that traveller? And if I think about the farmhouse I'm working with, um, I spoke to her and I said, well, you know, who are your priority travellers? She said, oh, we get everybody. I said, well, what if we just look to break it up into three groups? You know, you get couples, let's say romantic couples, you get families with kids and you get groups of social people because she had a number of rooms. Yeah, yeah, of course I do. 
and, and, and they, they were the three priority travelers that she's likely to get in the next sort of 12 months. If, if we think about how I'm going to communicate to a romantic couple looking to come up to the farm versus a family versus a, a group of friends, mm. everything's different, isn't it? Yeah. It's a completely different story, completely different images, completely different elements we're going to put in that packages of value. And, and then, um, you know, different channels we might be using. If we're on Facebook, we can say just target target mums if they're decision makers or you know people that just got engaged or so we can be really specific these days so no the structure and the process has not changed yep. and that's why we that's why we need a marketing plan because to have a marketing plan means that we ask the right questions yep. and that that will force us to adapt to the environment around us fantastic terrific all right mate it's now time for the big seven that's uh, my sound effect how'd that go it's magnificent. Boom. <laughs> let's, let's do it. I'm Seven excited. Seven questions about it. to wrap up the podcast. So, number one, favorite spot in Tasmania and why? Oh, I'm going to give you two. The um, the most frequent one is Shippies Hotel, just so I can catch up <laughs> with the lads. And um, and and of course, I've got to put a shout out to our, our great man Ian Reed. And I actually found out um, the last text message I sent to Reedy, the last conversation we had. Uh, it was related to Shippies, and I'll, I'll read it out to you. I feel a long, lazy lunch at Shippies in my future, squishy bug muncher. <laughs> Sounds like a plan, bubble-eyed, flared, frilled lizard. Cheers, three-legged, wily-haired wombat. So that was, that was the last text with Rudy, and the last time I saw him was in, in Shippies. We had a, one of our, our, our lunches, as, as he can only do so well. So so Shippies is, is a great place. I love going to Shippies for yeah, a couple great. of days on an afternoon. And uh, on a personal note, camping down at Bangor at Dunalley. Yep. Um, I, used to go, I used to go on the Dunbabin farm out to the coast, and uh, nothing better than sitting uh, for breakfast with my grandfather with a flathead we just caught and a can of Cascade Red by the fire. <laughs> Terrific. Good answer. Uh, I feel like I'm there now. Favourite travel destination anywhere in the world? Big question, that one, isn't it? I love travel. Um, Japan. Yeah, Japan for me. Yeah, it's um, the connection with the people and the place is just electric. I love the Japanese people and I speak a tiny bit of the language. Rachel speaks a lot of it. So that 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 added a whole new dimension that we could really get in and and meet people. The food's insane. The, The culture is so ancient. The onsens are amazing, but you've got to look for the grungy side of Japan. Um, you go to Shinjuku, you go to the Golden Guy and Piss Alley. <laughs> and the slopes, are you skiing? Yeah, I've been to two. I went to um, Hakabar and Nazawa Onsen. Right, great, fantastic. That's certainly yeah. on my uh, bucket list. Question number Brilliant. three, someone coming to Tasmania for the very first time in their life. My question to that is, what have they been doing? And they ask you... What is the one thing they absolutely must experience while they're here? What do you tell them? Man, living in Cairns, I get that question every <laughs> bloody day. So um, it's easy. A crayfish on Constitution Dock. Great. Okay. Good, simple answer. Question number four. You are walking the overland track for five days with three other people. Anyone in the world, famous, not so famous, living or dead. Who and why? Any three members of the North Melbourne 1996 Premiership team because they're just legends. It feels like a bit of a wasted answer to me, but uh, (laughs) each to their own. Absolutely. (laughs) Question number five. You're road tripping around Tasmania. What are you listening to in the car? 
when I was a lad uh, doing blockies around the streets of Hobart. I have no um, doubt. Rat tail? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, never rat tail, but we, we had a, um, a vo- old, old Volvo uh, 142S, and we used to listen to Sig Sig Sputnik. Wow. So I'd be playing that. Okay. 21st Century Boy, F111. Get onto that. I wonder how many listeners are typing that into their phone as we speak. Yeah, sensational. Euro trash. When you arrive at your destination on this road trip, what is your tipple of choice? You've already mentioned uh, Cascade Red. Let's 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 deviate from that. There's be a pint of stout, a nice heavy stout. By Good the one. Great. Hopefully, hopefully a local brew. Yeah. And the last one, Big Seven, the big debate: curried Tasmanian scallops, a culinary delight or a culinary crime. Why wouldn't you have a good curried scallop pie? I can hear, I can hear Simon Current screaming at me from cans. But a, a good quality scallop, curried scallop pie every day. There's just not too many people that sit on the fence here, is there? It's either they love them or they hate them. It's good. <laughs> yep, yep. I, I love the ad too, using Stanley with the scallop pie yeah, that Tristan has pumped out. That was very good. It's an absolute yeah. beaut, absolutely. Yep. Mate, thank you very much for dialing in. Uh, again, wish you were here on behalf of everyone, um, but I'm sure it won't be long before we see your smiling face again. Stay safe up there. Love to Rachel, and, uh, yeah, thanks for your time today. Yeah, cheers, mate. Have a beer at pub night for me. we Will do. Cheers. Okay. See you, Tom. Thank you, mate. And thank you all for listening to today's episode of Talking Tourism. Remember to subscribe to hear more episodes as we release them every two weeks or so. Also, remember to tell a friend or tourism colleague to check out our podcasts, Talking Tourism is an initiative of Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. I'm your host, Tom Wooten, and we'll catch up next time. You've been listening to Talking Tourism, brought to you by Tourism Industry Council Tasmania. For show notes, other materials and episodes, head to tict.com.au. Be sure to come back every fortnight for a new instalment of Talking Tourism. Talking Tourism.